This edition of the Bio Report is brought to you by the California Technology Council, providing discounts on products and services essential to every startup. For more information, visit californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Despite the often remarkable advances in cancer therapies, radiation is still widely used to treat a variety of cancers. Nanobiotics believes it can make radiation therapy more effective by injecting its nanomedicines into tumors to amplify the effects of radiation without damaging healthy tissue. We spoke to Laurent Levy, CEO of Nanobiotics, about the company's technology, how it works, and why it may be broadly applicable to a wide range of cancers. Lauren, thanks for joining us. Thank you. We're going to talk about nanobiotics. It's nanomedicines and development to treat cancer that harnesses physics in a realm where we often think of chemistry and biology as, as doing the work. Before we talk about nanobiotics and its pipeline, I, I thought we could talk about the state of cancer therapy today. I, I think many people are focused on the use of targeted therapeutics and, and elegant new immunotherapies, but the use of radiation therapy is still common in the treatment of cancer. How common is it and what does it actually do? What's the problem? that it's trying to solve. Sure. So, uh, as you said, most of the people today are trying to cure cancer when the patient has a metastatic stage. And uh, nevertheless, those patients, before getting this uh, spread cancer, they most of the time have a local disease. And the two paradigms to treat local disease are surgery and radiation therapy. And if they are done properly, then those patients should not develop any metastasis. So, the fact that we have so many cancer patients having those metastases means that uh, local treatment does not work as it should work every time. And if you go straight to radiation therapy, which is one of the most widely used tools to treat cancer today, uh, as we used to say that 50% of all cancer patients will get some radiation therapy at some point, then you, you can start looking at what's wrong with radiation, what's good and what's wrong. And for to simplify the issue uh, that radiation may have in some cases is when you try to radiate a tumor, you have to cross healthy tissue with the X-ray. And therefore, you create some damage into healthy tissue. So there is a question is how can we deliver the optimum dose to kill the tumor without causing too many damage in surrounding tissue? And that's one of the key problems of uh, radiation therapy. And that's exactly where we uh, develop the solution. Nanobiotics is based in Paris, but it's, it's actually a spinoff from technology that was developed at SUNY Buffalo. What's the underlying technology, and, and how did it make its way from Buffalo to, to Paris? Well, I think we have to come back in history, not too long, not worry. Uh, 
starting with uh, 20 years ago when I was doing, when I was doing my PhD, uh, and it was in physics and nanophysics, more precisely. And at this time, right there, um, nanotechnology was not that developed. And um, at the end of my PhD, I decided to start applying those nanotechnologies to healthcare. And I moved to Buffalo, sunny uh, at Buffalo, to, uh, to develop the first concept of using nano in combination with something to destroy a cancer cell. And that's where the first ideas uh, have been generated. And after some time, we took those technologies from Buffalo and started to develop companies from Paris. And it was in 2003. So how does the technology work? So we try to answer this issue of radiation therapy, how to improve the dose within the tumor without improving the dose in surrounding tissue. For that, we have developed some very small objects, nanoparticles, that are small enough to go into cells. And they have been designed also with a specific material allowing those nanoparticles to absorb X-ray. And uh, the way you, you use it is you do a one-time intratumoral injection before the first day of radiation therapy. So you push uh, the volume of the particle within the tumor, and then the patient is getting the usual radiation therapy. And those patients getting radiation, uh, the particles that are within the cancer cell will amplify the signal of radiation therapy by delivering much more dose and killing much more efficiently cancer cells. You use the term nano. How big are these these particles that you're you're injecting? So the, those nanoparticles they are around fifty nanometers. And for someone who's not well versed in nanophysics, how big is is that? So uh, you have two ways to see it. Uh, it should be roughly the size of a monoclonal antibody, or if you take the diameter of a human hair and you have to cut it 3,000 times to have a 15 nanometer size. And the fact that you have to inject it into a tumor, does that limit the types of tumors you could use this for? And is there something about these particles that get them taken into the cells themselves? So we have chosen the intratumoral injection because that's the best way to maximize the benefit risk for patients. By having this direct injection, you maximize the quantity in the tumor and you minimize the risk of sustained exposure for the patient. And at the end of the day, you can imagine that any tumor that you can biopsy, then you will be able to make a one-time injection with this product. And so far, going through different clinical trials, more than seven, uh, having enrolled more, more than 200 patients uh, in our different clinical trials, We've been injecting many, many different tumors, and I've found out that this local injection is really doable and suitable. Uh, this, this is a technology you believe is, is applicable to virtually any cancer that's treated by radiation today. How do you prioritize the indications you're pursuing? So I think it's all about medical value and what you bring to the patient. And um, before going into the two critical pathway we are going for, I think we I should present a little thing about the, the mode of action of the product. So the primary mode of action is really this physical destruction of tumor. What we found out in the past 18 months is by having this physical destruction of the tumor, you also provide to the immune system a good way to start recognizing the tumor and attacking this tumor, and potentially distant uh, lesion also. So we have a local treatment 
that could be transformed into a potential business risk. So if to go along those two pathways, we have defined our priorities in terms of clinical development. Uh, I should mention we had a neck cancer patient. That's one of the more prominent developments we are doing at the moment. And specifically in one of the uh, not well uh, served population, which is the elderly and frail population in Eden Lake. The one that are too frail to get the usual chemo radiation, that will give them some good outcomes. Yeah. So in this population that has today some poor outcomes, the fact that having a better local control should uh, improve their quality of life, should improve their survival, and with no uh, safety issues. And the good point is uh, the last data we have shown at ASCO start to show that this product could be one of these rare oncology products that could be all that in one very frail population. And if I understand correctly, the, the nanoparticles are essentially amplifying the, the radiation locally. What exactly do they do? So when you have this nanoparticle within a cell, uh, they will absorb the energy of X-ray and they will generate some electrons. And those electrons will have a lot of energy and will destroy many structures within the cell and therefore will cause the death uh, of the cell. And what happens to the nanoparticles over time? Do they just degrade naturally? Do they remain? You know, we have chosen to have a non-degradable, non-metabolized product uh, to be able to have to inject only a small quantity to get the effect into patients. And that's the way we can guarantee the, the best uh, benefit risk patient. So this product is supposed to stay uh, in the patient after the end of treatment. You've got three products in development. If I understand correctly, they're all the same nanoparticles, but what differentiates them are the formulations of the coating that encase them. Can you, can you explain how they differ? So these different particles, they are based on the same core material, uh, but it's just different formulations to address different types of cancer. Uh, the point is, with this first product with intratumor injection, we have so many cancers to go after that the two other products at the moment are just in standby. What do we know about the safety of the nanoparticles today from the clinical studies? So, so far we have had a very good uh, safety profile in this uh, uh, different clinical trial we are running has no uh, chronic toxicity, has been seen with this product, and a, a very good safety profile uh, from a acute perspective. So we can say that looking at the oncology world, we have a fairly safe product. And in terms of the pipeline, your, your lead indication is in soft tissue sarcoma. You're in late stage testing for that. What do we know about the efficacy of, of that from, from those trials? So what we start to see in different clinical trials, I did mention Pedanek as an example, but we also recently shown some preliminary data in the liver center, that hot products start to show some really promising kind of uh, The good point about sarcoma uh, is that it is a phase three randomized trial, and we should have a readout top line of data uh, within Q2, uh, so they're very soon now. You're also conducting, as you mentioned, uh, trials in head and neck cancer, but you're doing this both with radiation therapy alone and in combination with chemotherapy. What do we know from, from those trials today? Uh, those trials are progressing, and uh, they, they should start delivering some, some data. 
but I think one of the trials we are starting is also very important, and that does come back to my point about what are the critical pathways uh, for, for the company. I didn't mention Hedernet as one of them. Uh, the second one is really to start combining our product with radiation and checkpoint inhibitors. The FDA just recently gave us a goal to start a new trial where we go for relapsed head and neck patients and metastatic non-small cell and cancer patients and uh, that have been previously treated by checkpoint inhibitors and that have failed checkpoint inhibitors. So we take the vast majority of patients in this population receiving checkpoints and uh, when they fail, we try to have a product with radiation therapy to see if we can transform them into responders. So that, that's a very uh, powerful trial that hopefully since works will change the face of immuno-oncology and, and patient life too. If all goes as planned, how soon might this be able to win approval and, and be a commercial product? So for Europe, uh, we expect to get our first market approval for within the coming months. Uh, for US, we'll take a, a bit more time and we'll give more clarity on how we intend to, to reach the market around the, this summer. I mean, when I say intend to reach a market, that we will define our plan on how to get to market in the US by the summer. And what's the commercialization strategy? Is this something that you're going to be building your own sales force to take out, or are you going to be partnering with another company? So today we have a, a lot of indications to go after, and if we want to treat millions of patients, which is our goal, then we will need at some point to, to get some partner on board to make sure that we can reach all the population uh, we want to help. Uh, now we're starting equipping the company to be able to commercialize on our own. And how much of an education project is this going to require for doctors? Is this comparable to anything that they're using today, or is this something that's going to be wholly new to them that you're going to have to educate them about? Well, I think a good point here. Uh, if you compare this to any new treatment that's complex, uh, oncologic virus, CAR T, and so on, where you need to create a new medical practice, here you insert a product within an existing medical practice that exists in every single hospital uh, treating cancer with radiation therapy. So you don't have to change equipment, you don't have to change a protocol, you can change the patient flow. The only difference with the existing current uh, treatment is this one-time injection. So you have a product entering a huge medical practice that is already spread across oncology hospitals. Laurent Levy, and I should apologize for Americanizing your name because I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that well, but CEO of Nanobiotics. All right, thanks so much for your time today. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.